Hello, welcome back to the Guitar Craft and Other Stuff Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Flood. Today's question comes from a Patreon subscriber. And if you want your questions answered, feel free to subscribe on Patreon as well. And I'm actually, for once, I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm going to tell you the exact answer right away. But at the same time, I think the exact answer might disappoint you. So we're going to have to go into some detail to explain why the answer is exactly what it is. But first, the question. The question is, how do you essentially play hard songs? And the person who asked me the question, he basically said, you know, he's a big fan of Polyphia's music. I'm sure all of you know who Polyphia is, but if you don't, they are this modern guitar band. Um, It's hard to categorize their style, but it's highly technical music for every instrument, but especially the guitar. And these are guys who are in their like early 20s or, or whatever. Very, very talented guitar players. You should check them out if you're interested. And in regards to their music, which is extremely technical, he said, you know, do you have any advice, Andre? I struggle with picking fast. Now, whether or not you struggle with picking fast, whether or not you struggle with legato technique, whether or not you struggle with hand hand synchronization, it doesn't matter. The answer is always going to be the same. How do you play fast? How do you play difficult songs? How do you get better at these techniques? You do them over and over and over until you can do it. You take one piece, you play it day after day after day after day until it's perfect. You add another piece, play it day after day after day until it's perfect. And if you do that long enough, you'll be able to play the whole song. Now, of course, there is a lot more that goes into it, especially with a band like Polyphia. So... Let's just summarize let's just summarize the concept here and then we'll go into detail. The answer is simple, but simple doesn't mean easy. Right? The answer is simple, but simple doesn't mean easy. And that is really true for music like this. So the first thing that got me really thinking about how to answer this question is my understanding of the band Polyphia and similar bands like them. Um, and before I begin, please don't think that I'm talking bad about any musician in this podcast. That's not my point, but I have to explain some of these ideas and it's very different than how things were done prior to this time. But as you can see, there are also historic examples of music like this that have the same uh, challenges. So I just want to give that disclaimer. I love their music. Every band that I'm giving a reference to today, I love them and their music. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to give the reference because I wouldn't know about them. So no disrespect to any musicians. Super important to understand. A lot of bands like Polyphia write a lot of their music using Guitar Pro. Uh, Polyphia does this. I believe they, I'm pretty sure they do it sometimes. Jason Richardson, highly technical, highly technical guitar player. He does it. Periphery has done it as well. And that is something that's super important to consider right from the beginning because that sets the stage for this music. That sets the stage for things you have to be mindful of when you try to learn it. And this very much reminds me when I was in music school, when I was doing my first degree in music education with a concentration in jazz guitar. Basically in that music department, the guitars were split between classical and jazz. And 
we would all every week attend one kind of seminar together and listen to each other play and get advice from professors and so on and so forth. And one thing that would always happen with the classical uh, guitarists, again, I wasn't a classical guitarist, I was a jazz major. One thing that would happen is that a lot of times the professor would say, you know, you need to work on this particular technique. I want you to start, I want you to look more into this particular guitar composer. And whenever they would tell, or they would say, I want you to learn this particular song to work on this particular technique. And whenever the guitar teacher would say this, the classical teachers, whenever they would say this, if the person who wrote this song that, that they are recommending, if that person was a guitar player, they would always mention, oh yeah, and the composer's a guitar player, so it's going to be, you know, you're going to be able to grasp it really well. And they would always mention this, and that's because in the classical world, it's very common for someone from a different instrument to be writing a song for that instrument. So in a classical world, you might have someone whose primary instrument is piano and they're writing, writing a guitar composition, having never played the guitar. Very, very common. You know, people write for orchestra and they've never picked up a violin or a bassoon a day in their life or a tuba, whatever. Now, when it comes to playing the guitar, this has a very different connotation than it does with other instruments. Now, when you're playing a flute, a flute, for the most part, can only do one thing. That's play one note after the other. And there are special techniques with double blow, with special blowing and double holes and all types of stuff where you can play more than one note at once. But long story short, with playing a flute or an oboe or a violin, or uh, not a violin, or a clarinet, tuba, these instruments can just play one note at a time. So if you write them a song that's just one note followed by another note, as long as the notes are in range of the instrument, for the most part, they'll be able to play it. And again, I'm doing, I'm highly simplifying this. There are examples where, you know, playing one note right after a different note might be very complicated because the fingerings don't switch well, whatever. But for the most part, it's fairly simple. But a lot of times when these composers write things for the guitar, and I promise we're going to get back to Polyphia. I didn't forget what we're going here. Just stick with me here. A lot of times when these people, these composers write for the guitar, they think about the piano when they go, okay, a piano can play a chord and then they can also play some individual lines at the same time and a guitar can do a similar thing. And sometimes these different composers write songs that are unplayable on the guitar. It'll have, it'll have you playing the E flat at the 11th fret on the high E string while also playing uh, open position G chord, right? It's like, that's impossible. That literally cannot be done on the guitar. And it's common for people to play, who play classical music to have to go through these different classical songs and write guitar versions or to make corrections or to work with the composer saying, this is not possible, we do this instead. Or, hey, this is possible, but I can't do it, so can we do something slightly different? This is very common. And I bring this up because this idea of learning how to play other people's music is very classical. It's a very classical idea that I want to play this thing exactly the way that the composer intended. That's not really a part of the jazz world or even the pop world. It's very different. But I think that people forget that even in the classical realm, when you're trying to play the piece exactly like the composer intended, you're never really doing it exactly like they intended. You're always doing your own interpretation of it. So, just keep that in mind as we continue, right? 
Another thing I want you to keep in mind is that, and again, this is not talking bad about the other musicians who I'm talking about today, but they'll say it themselves. I remember I was listening to an interview of Jason Richardson once, and again, Jason Richardson writes music on Guitar Pro and then tries to play it live, and he usually nails it. He usually gets within 90% of it being perfect, right? Which is incredible and crazy, and only he can do that. But notice I said he'll get 90% there and not 100% there, right? One of the most technical guitar players in the world, he can't play his music perfectly every single time. And so, and Polyphia has a very similar music. If you watch them play live, you'll notice that they play it very, very close. They do an amazing job and it sounds amazing. But they're not playing it note for note, for note perfect as it sounds on the album. And they're not doing it without a backing track playing with them. Right? And they're, not, and they're not posting it online without it being processed some more. Again, in modern music with these highly technical songs that were not written for a guitar, you'll notice that very few, it, there are very few instances where you can find that person playing it live, no backing track, no, nothing else helping them do it. And if you were to hear people attempt this music that way, you know, wake up first thing in the morning, warm up for 30 minutes. Now let me hear you play this song. You realize that it's never going, not never, but it very rarely, if ever, sounds like the album. And that's not a bad thing. Music is not made to be played perfect every time. That's not what music ever has been. Ever. And I bring this all up because I want you to understand that if... The members of Polyphia can't play their music perfectly 100% of the time. The people who wrote it, the people who get paid a lot of money to be able to do it, the people whose career depends on them doing so, if they can't do it 100% of the time, you, me, we as a community, we as other musicians, we need to set us, we need to reduce the bar for ourselves, right? Instead of thinking I need to be able to play this 10 times out of 10, maybe you set the bar that I need to be able to play this with 90% accurate, 90% accuracy seven times out of 10. Or eight times out of 10. So that's the first step here. Step one, before we even start to learn this music, be it polyphia, be it uh, periphery be it Jason Richardson songs or whatever other technical guitar player, it doesn't matter. The first step is to make sure you set a realistic expectation. Now, if you're trying to learn how to play Beatles songs perfectly, your expectation, your expectation might be play it perfectly 99 times out of 100, play it perfectly. And that's a reasonable expectation because the music is simple, it's designed for guitar, and it's attainable. But setting that standard for Jason Richardson, Polyphia, Periphery, other technical music is just not realistic. It's just not. So set a realistic expectation and understand that it's okay if you can't do it perfect all the time. Now, let's talk about some advice for actually getting better at the music now that we have an expectation that's reasonable. The first thing I want you to start to think about is 
how exact are you compared to that player and their technique? For example, is the player who wrote the song primarily an alternate picker? And if so, are you primarily an alternate picker? Is that person a hybrid picker and are you an alternate picker? Because all of these little technical details are going to make a huge difference if the song is hard enough. We'll go back to our Beatles example. Anyone can play Let It Be by the Beatles. You can play it with a pick. You can play it with your fingers. You can play, you can strum it alternately or all downstrokes or all upstrokes. It doesn't really matter because the music is simple enough to, to facilitate a multitude of different approaches. But when you get to some of these very technical songs, sometimes it can literally only be played exactly one way on the guitar. It has to be the exact picking. It has to be the exact pick angle. It has to be the exact fingerings because there's no other way to play it on the instrument. Not always, but very frequently that's the case. And so you need to stay, you need to say to yourself, number one, are my, can my hands match that other players? Can I, can I mimic their technique, right? And if you can't, you need to start to address that deficiency if your goal is to play it exactly like them. So you're going to want to study how that particular player plays it. If possible, find a version of them playing it live and watch their hands, watch their left hand, watch their right hand, slow it down on YouTube and mimic the live performance instead of the studio version. That, that should just be something you do from the beginning. And that's one thing that I always do myself. I always try whenever I'm learning something to find a live version. And then I try to mimic the live version because that's going to be a more realistic expectation of what's going to be reasonable when playing it. So find a live version, study it very well, study every, every pick stroke, and every left, hand take, every left hand fingering the exact way. The next thing that I would say is, once you got into this habit of studying it the exact way, and while you're in this process, you're probably going to come across a few different things you can do to make it a little bit easier. For example, you might realize that, hey, they picked every note right here, but I can get a sound that's 90% the same if I pick and then hammer on every other note. And so you have to say to yourself, well, am I willing to make that trade-off? You know, am I okay with playing it with 90% of the sound and getting there and finishing that section today and being and perfecting it today versus playing it perfectly and it might take me a month or two months to learn how to play that one section. So you have to start to look at the song itself and start to ask yourself, you know, what things am I willing to sacrifice in order to get to get to that at a reasonable time period? And that's, of course, assuming you can't just get there very quickly. But again, this is technical music, so you probably won't be able to. So this has to be a very educated process and it has to be patient. You know, um, I'm learning a song by Periphery right now, uh, Marigold. Marigold, and this song was written on Guitar Pro. It's a song that they don't play live a lot. At least, you know what, I shouldn't say they don't play it a lot live. I'll just say that I can't find a lot of live performances of it. It's fairly difficult to play 
And in trying to find a way to play it myself, I've went through at least five different iterations right now, trying to simplify it to something that I think sounds good, but that's also playable for me personally. And so sometimes you spend an entire practice session working on it one way. And at the end of the session, you realize I put an hour into this, but I have to completely rework how I'm doing this because it's not going to work into full speed. So you have to be comfortable with the idea of feeling like you wasted time. Now, it isn't a waste of time because going down that hole and going down the wrong way eventually led you to the right way. But that's just something that's going to happen with trying to play music like this. So keep that in mind and don't be intimidated by it. Now, there's something else related to this topic that's really important. And, you know, I, I said it at the beginning of the podcast, but I want to say it again, that you shouldn't be afraid to make changes to it. And ultimately, you playing a Polyphia song, your interpretation of it is likely going to be better and more rewarding for you than playing it exactly like the musician. Again, I don't want to project my own goals onto you. So like if, if your goal is to just mimic the other person exactly, that's fine. But you might find that allowing yourself that bit of freedom to kind of take it your own direction, that might ultimately be more satisfying for you. So be open to that as well. And so once you have the life, so like, let's just say you found a song, you found a live performance online. There's a good angle of, there's a good angle of it for a guitar player. It's just a matter of going phrase by phrase and slowly going between the two things over and over and over. You play two seconds of the song. You mimic two seconds on your guitar. You drill that two seconds for however long it takes till it's good. Move on to the next section. In terms of getting these small three, two to five second chunks, I say you should move on when you're 80% there, not a 100% there, because you're going to notice that as you go through this process, you're going to be repeating a lot of sections over and over and over. So for example, let's just say you worked on section uh, seconds one through five, and now you want to work on sec sec uh, excuse me, seconds uh, five through 10 or six through 10 you're probably going to notice that to get through section six to 10, you have to start with sections one to five, seconds one through five. This is all coming out really jumbled in my mouth. I'm, I apologize for that. What I mean is a lot of times the new section you're going to work on doesn't flow right unless you start with the prior section. So whenever you work on the next section, you're also gonna be working on a prior section just inherently. So. It's a good idea to just get it 80% or even 70% there because you're going to have plenty of time to keep refining it. Now, once you get larger chunks done, let's just say you work on the entire section of a song and you have it pretty much dialed in. You're going to notice that if you stop that one section and move to the next section, I mean a, I mean a larger piece of music, like maybe 40 seconds or so, you're going to notice that you start to develop these gaps of playing in between the two sections. It's going to feel harder to transition from A to B. And then you're going to have to practice transition, the transition itself. So what I'm trying to say is don't think you can just work on all the individual sections of the song. And then when you just put it together, it's going to flow well. Because putting it all together and making it flow well is a whole different practice. So 
expect to have to spend even more time once you actually learn the parts when you want to connect the parts. This is all just part of the process. Honestly, I find a lot of times that connecting two very different styles is actually the hardest part about it. And that's going to be doubly hard with music like this because a lot of times with bands like Polyphia, they're switching between very different guitar techniques, right? They're playing all this strange picking stuff and then they go to playing these harmonics and they start using their fingers. Then they start playing chords and then they start strumming fast. Getting all those individual things, strumming fast or playing harmonics or whatever, playing those sections individually is fairly doable, but it's the connecting them all that's hard. So make sure you have ample time to spend with connecting those different things because again, that might be the hardest part of the song. In terms of building up speed and building up technique, one really big piece of advice that has always helped me is to work on endurance more so than anything else. Work on endurance and work on the rhythm and then eventually the speed will just come. So if you have a trouble if you have trouble picking for example, let's just say you want to build up to 200 beats per minute all downstrokes as an easy example. If you can play at 180 beat, beats per minute all downstrokes for 2 minutes straight, moving to 200 is going to be much easier than if you can only play at 180 beats per minute all downstrokes for 10 seconds. It's almost like setting the base for a building. If you, uh, All of these very tall skyscrapers, they all have a very large base. Because the larger the base, the higher the peak can be. It's very similar with developing speed or developing a technique. The more endurance you have with that technique, the more speed you'll ultimately be able to develop. And really, that's the... I don't want to say that's the secret, but that's that's the whole the art, the zen, the patience of the thing. It's being willing to sit there for two months trying to develop endurance so that one day you'll have speed, so that one day you can play this part. And it can be a very fun and very meditative process if you allow yourself to really go into it and allow your, allow the process to kind of take over that makes sense, you know? It could be like a meditation. It could be very joyful. So that's some of my advice on playing hard songs. You'll notice that I generally don't spend a lot of time learning other people's hard songs and playing them because it's really hard. And for me personally, it's not very, for me personally, it's not very rewarding because for the style that I'm trying to develop, I find that the more time I spend working on other people's stuff, the less applicable it ends up being to the things that I'm trying to actually do. But again, that's just my goals. And there are plenty of people who have the goals to play exactly like other musicians. And that's a beautiful goal to have if that's the one that you have. Just expect it to take a bit of time and learn to enjoy the process and the patience of the whole thing. That's it for today. Patreon and courses linked below. I'm Andre Flood, and I'll talk to you soon.